Hello everyone, just wanted to give you a quick heads up on the Diggity Duck Bundle. Um, Cole and Gary got with the, all of the other hosts on the network and they produced a unique show for, uh, or unique, excuse me, a unique episode for each one of the shows. Um, they packaged all those up in a bundle and you can purchase those for $10. It's 12 hours of content. Um, it's a $10 minimum. You can pay as much as you want. The proceeds all go to three very good causes, including the American Civil, Ri Civil Liberties Union, the Council of on America Islamic Relations, and the National Domestic Abuse Hotline. All very good causes. For Days of Future Cast, um, we covered, me and Gary sat down and watched the absolutely terrible Generation X TV pilot. It is an excruciating piece of media that we set through <laughs> and decided to goof on. So definitely go check that out. I think you'll enjoy it. But all of the episodes in the bundle are very, very good. Uh, probably my favorite is the level episode on Machinarium because Machinarium is one of my favorite games. But like I said, they're all good. So go check that out. You can see that by going to duckfeed.tv. There should be a big banner up in the store right now. Uh, click on that and pay as much as you want and enjoy the episode. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast. And this week we're bringing you a special breaking news report. <laughs> we, we have something yeah. fantastic happen in yeah. the world of X-Men, Gary. Yeah, it's uh, the X-Men are back, baby. Um, <laughs> there was a, a really, there's a good uh, X-Men movie that came out. There's a good-ass uh, X-Movie that came out. Uh, and yeah. So we decided to push our schedule back. Um, so normally at this time, you'd be here in the feedback episode. Uh, that's going to be in two weeks. And then from there, we'll pick up season three coverage. But we had both like kind of randomly both went and watched the movie and both really, really loved it. And we're talking. It was like, oh, we should fucking record a podcast about it. Let's yeah. do a thing. So uh, uh, about Logan, just that uh, we haven't said what it's about. But yeah, about yes, Logan. about Logan. Uh, yeah. Not yeah, about X-Men Apocalypse. We, in case yeah, you... <laughs> what if we had that whole, that whole free app when we're just like, dude, X-Men Apocalypse. Can you can you believe what they did with uh, Storm? Oh, my God. I can't I can't believe Mystique is still just talking like, oh, my God. Yeah. It was such a cool, cool choice to give her three lines. So yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, we were no, talking about Logan, worth, the uh, yes. Wolverine, the next movie in the Wolverine franchise. I thought this was the fourth Wolverine movie, but I have been proven wrong. It's the third, um, and easily, yes. easily the best. Um, so I, it, I think this is this is, uh, and I don't want to give away give away too much. This is a real contender for me, though, for best X Men movie. Seriously, I think. Yeah. yeah so I mean that that's that's saying a lot, you know, because we just we just talked about X Men two, and like X Men two is is great. Super, super good. Um, but this is, uh, like, it feels like it, it's more, it just feels more mature. And I don't mean that just because it is really grim and, and bloody. It feels more mature in just kind of how it's plotted and how, like, little exposition there is and how it, it trusts the audience. Like, it just feels like a more sophisticated, more uh, confident movie than anything we've seen from the X-Men so far it, it, it really does and for those out there listening that may not have heard that may not have seen the movie we're gonna be talking in generalities and then uh we'll we'll very clearly say hey now we're going to talk about spoilers and details and things like that so 
Um, we, you can actually listen to the first part of this and hopefully get some value if like you're on the fence about seeing Logan, which if I don't know why you're listening to this and on the fence about seeing Logan. <laughs> like I don't know what yeah. that what that looks like. But um if if you are on the fence, go see the movie. Like that's it's fucking great. Like I had a yeah. great time watching it. So Especially if you're invested in like the X Men uh cinematic universe. Right? So like if if you care about this stuff, it I think it functions on its own as like a really good movie. And a really good superhero movie. Um, but if you care about the X-Men mythology at all, it does cool things with that. And uh, we'll talk about that mm-hmm. in kind of more of the spoiler section. Um, <clears throat> if you are 100% any kind of spoiler reverse, you probably can't listen to this episode. But come back to it after you've seen the, the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think the uh, some of my favorite things in this movie, and I, I have problems with it. Like I don't think it's unquestionably a good movie. Um, but one of my favorite things about this is the the, the relationship between Wolverine and Xavier kind of yeah. um because up until now in the X-Men movies it's always been very much that Xavier was kind of the leader, the protector, the the, the person in charge and it's this is just right out of the like almost immediately out of the gate reversed. Wolverine is kind of caring for him while while he's sick and he's not able able to carry in, of he's not capable of caring for himself and Wolverine has tasked this um and guy which I think well, it showed is, up in the are sure, sure we're not getting into spoiler sections like right away. Are like, we? I think there are people Sorry. Yeah, I think that people I can also Don't worry, I'll beep that out. Beep out that whole section. Yeah. Uh, I mean I, I think that that's spoilers. I think that a good thing to talk about in this first section would be things like uh like tone or like um you know, kind of how it tells its story more than the actual things that happen. I'm not good at talking about things and not talking about them. I guess I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, we don't have to have a long non-spoiler section. Um, I think you know, we, we said that it was, it's worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, it is reminds me of, it's like a Cormac McCarthy kind of thing. It's a, it's very dark. It's very grim. It's like a post-apocalyptic kind of road movie almost. I so, saw a lot of comparisons to children of men um, and things like that, where it's cause it's there's we're hardly ever in a city. Uh, there's only a couple of times I guess he keep getting to fucking spoilers, I guess, but like, it's very, well, I mean, it's very like hardly in, ever in a city. Yeah. Is a, do you mean, is this the episode where I teach you what a spoiler? I don't, I don't know. I don't, what is this? Can you, why is this so hard? I'm usually okay at this. Like I, you know, I, I talk about stuff all the time. You I don't do understand. Podcast, man. This is I real. Do, this is yeah. Bush league shit. Like, oh, man, <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, I think you can say generally we don't spend a lot of time in a city. Mm-hmm. I think I think a, a spoiler would be like the time we go to the city, X happens. That, so just don't talk about things that happen. Just kind of say generally like where the movie takes place. Like setting is stuff that you're going to get from the trailer. How about you don't tell me what the fuck to do, Gary? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about we reestablish this really relationship real fucking quick? <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah like the, the it's, it is very post it's been do a while, but so we took a break there um we're back now we've, we've it out, so. yes yeah sorry um the, the tone of this is very post-apocalyptic right like it's there's and it's I think everything goes into that. Like everything looks run down. Like there's very, very sparse music. You don't get like the orchestral chorus stuff that you normally do for X-Men movies or just every seemingly popular superhero movie out there, which all sound the same. And this sounds dramatically different. Like it's just, it's just, it feels different than anything we've seen in a superhero movie. 
it's very dirty um and it's very it's you know it's very grungy and lived in and one of the things that makes me think about that and i even when i i know i used this word before but one of the things i've been thinking about since the movie is like is this a superhero movie um and i would argue no like the the actual this is like this is i think this might be like the first post superhero movie like this takes you know the idea of there being you know the same thing that there are like kind of uh <clears throat> post you know post war movies or post uh you know this is there was a world where all this shit happened. Mm-hmm. What does that world look like afterwards? Yeah. Nobody's really doing anything heroic throughout this. No. Um, and there's, no, there's is, the, yeah. the stakes are, and this is what I very much appreciate this. And I think you do too. So the stakes are, are very low comparatively. Um, comparatively for sure. It's not like compare this to the beginning of the franchise, like where, you know, Magneto set a, you know, a, a energy orb out from the statue of Liberty to turn everybody into mutants. This is such a different kind of story. It's so much more grounded uh, than that. And it shows, and and we'll, we'll, I have like a, a big piece to say about this when we get to the spoiler section, um, the characters are contrasted as well. Like everybody is kind of tired and old uh, at this point and like are past that point in their lives where that would make sense in the world, mm-hmm. you know? But it doesn't feel like a total, like it doesn't feel like an Elseworlds thing. It doesn't feel like a total alternate reality it just feels like these characters have had the forces of time press them for decades it feels like a story that's about superheroes without being a superhero story yes Um, and it's 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 very much so it's man i can't stress this enough it is bleak as hell like i walked out of this movie and like looked at autumn and said like we need to find a pile of kittens to jump into because yeah like and it starts and that's not really a spoiler like the whole thing from the moment in the very beginning, the first scene that you see Logan, he's literally like falling out of the back of a limousine, like half drunk and half dead. It seems like it's just very, very bleak. It's very, very bleak. And it's, it's a really depressing movie. And I know some people that's going to be a huge turnoff. Like there is a, uh, a real backlash against kind of grim dark in general, mm-hmm. you know, like people, people don't, don't like that, but this, uh, this doesn't feel like it's to me, it doesn't feel like a teenager edgy. In that respect, it feels like the movie deals with, and this is, you know, border spoilers, but not really deals with like the consequences of what happens when you have these people that have these supernatural abilities, having these really serious faults Mm -hmm. that people actually have, you know, so it is the consequences are, are tuned way up, right? Like it ends up being much, much darker because this could be, you know, leaving Las Vegas or this could be, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. But when you have somebody who is a character who has this kind of outsized power, the consequences and things are much worse than that. It also very much succeeds in just the strength of Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart's acting. Oh, the performances are so amazing. Like, wow. Patrick Stewart deserves something for this, I think. Which was which like, is bizarre to say, because like what, looking at Patrick Stewart's like recent film history, like I don't know if you've seen Green Room or not, but I, I would have told you like Green Room was something that he deserved something for, and that didn't happen. But like this, definitely he should be. It's I, just it, phenomenal. Yeah, I think I think he's just a really there's really really good performances in this that and the thing the amazing thing they do is that as much as this is so different from X-Men it like logically follows. You know, again it's taking that real world kind of filters and it still feels like the same characters to me. It's just, you know, plus lots of time. You know, plus lots of time and tragedy creates this this version of them and mm-hmm. pulling off that nuance where there's still this kind of spark of their old versions of them like really really is a, is a feat 
Um, you know, and, and, and I found really, really impressive. Um, it is not, it's not fun. So it's, it's not like the kind of movie I think you go to to, to have fun, um, which is, which is weird again, because that's what X-Men movies and superhero movies are like as much as apocalypse kind of sucked. Like there are parts of it that are kind of fun. You know, I still, I still got to watch X-Men do fun shit, you know, which is, which I like watching. Yeah. It's, but um, this is, this is, this it, is funless more or less. It's not, you know, um, have you seen either one of the raid movies? Uh, what movies? The raid or one or two. Oh no. Okay. No. So there's a, there's a, there's an enjoyment and a fun to be had in these crazy, ultra violent, very, very intricate fight scenes that, um, mm-hmm. if you've seen people compare this movie to the raid, that that's, that's why, um, the raid specifically, the first one is, is a movie that you could turn off the subtitles to and just pr- pretty much pick up everything through context clues, but it would still be extraordinarily entertaining because the fight scenes are so good. This movie really leans on that. Um, I don't, I don't think there's anybody that's, I don't think there's a shared production or producer or director or whatever or anything like that, but, um, you could definitely tell that the, they've, they, someone on the sta- on the production staff of this movie has seen the raid because of the way the fight scenes work out. And there's something fun and God help me visceral to, to the fight scenes in this that are, that actually I found very, very entertaining. Well, the, the weird thing is, so this was, this was my weekend of vengeance, uh, not the weekend where I got vengeance, uh, but the weekend where, you know, I saw a bunch of vengeance things because I watched, um, I wanted to go see John Wick too. So I watched John Wick one, which I haven't seen. Okay. And, uh, those movies have, have you seen those movies? I've seen one. I have not seen two yet. Um, those, so this, this is a minor spoiler, but you know, that the subplot, so these are spoilers for John Wick, uh, fast forward 30 seconds. If you don't want to hear them, um, Brayden sold it to me because you know, in John Wick one, how there's that kind of weird subplot about the underground series of hotels that only takes gold coins. Yes. yes it's not absolutely. a big deal. Yeah. John Wick two, 100% about the mythology. stuff. Yes. <laughs> they lead awesome. It. It's, good, it's good, good, all good. that. Like it's, it's, uh, it's the same movie almost except for all about that weird part of that world and it's there it's pretty transcendent like it's pretty pretty fun um but those movies are very very violent and have that kind of very well choreographed fight scenes that are mm-hmm. incredibly brutal and shocking and there's a fun to that but those movie the movies that surround them are very fun like context matters you yes. know so like you know we can all laugh at john wick just you know shooting guys instead of asking them to move <laughs> you know, which is essentially <laughs> his, his defining feature um whereas this it's like the sense you know we talked about the low stakes like they are low globally but they're very high personally so the fights feel very like like you're never confident your your protagonist is going to make it out of this which is in, saying in something because your protagonist is fucking Wolverine. <laughs> like, exactly. So it's it's very like it doesn't stand alone as well as like I think it is like just kind of a, a cool good movie. But like if you're invested in this shit, if you're like us and you like you care about Wolverine and have seen his portrayal and everything else, like it does great work, like just being subversive in that respect. It really you makes know, me like, sad. And going back to, you know, Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman, like really inhabiting these characters. It makes me sad oh, that man. the last couple of X-Men movies that they've been in have been not as good as this. Like the writing hasn't been there for them to yeah. really get into this because wow, like once you give them the opportunity to really get into it, holy shit, did they get into it and just nail them? Like this may yeah. be the best Wolverine portrayal. Like this, this, yeah, this, yeah. this oh, cat. Oh, that- <laughs> yeah. Without, without a doubt, I think this is the best, you know, and it, it's so, uh, it's something where when I hear about like the, the, um, blowback against, um, you know, grimdark stuff. It's like, you can make a, a really, really excellent movie. That is just lots of fun. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Like, I love that kind of thing, but there are kind of emotions and certain kinds of pathos that are very hard to portray in a movie that doesn't have, uh, a, you know, a, a certain amount of darkness to it. 
and I understand people who just are like, I'm not in the mood for that. Like I, I want to go see a movie. I don't want to see anything dark. Like that makes sense to me. But when it becomes a qualitative thing where there are people like, Oh, it's, it's so stupid that everything is so dark now. It's like, you're, you're, you're closing yourself off to a whole swath of emotions that can be retrieved. And I think this movie does a really good job of kind of showing that because like some of the, the pathos and kind of like, like uh, Patrick Stewart is heartbreaking in this movie. Oh my God. Like I, I you yeah. know, it's like really, really um, it's, it's performance, but it's also the content and the subject matter and the subject matter was not quite as dark as it is. We wouldn't get that performance and we wouldn't get that heartbreak. It reminds me of uh, when, you know, comparing it to video games, because I compare everything to video games because it's my job. Um, you know, not everything is fun, right? Like there are things that you do or games that you play because they're kind of harrowing. You know, they are really dark or they're really like, you know, I'm a big fan of like Spec Ops, for example. There's a weird kind of blowback against that game as well, because it's like, oh, it's just kind of chiding you and 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 it's kind of wagging its finger. The wagging its finger at, you know, is you for participating in a culture that goes whole hog on these kind of realistic military games that you, you know, in a context for universe, you just shoot tons of Brown people without knowing mm-hmm. whether they're good or bad. That's something that's worth wagging your finger at. Like that's something that like is a, is a justified stance. It's not bad that the game goes there and gets that dark because those, what it's commenting on is actually that, uh, is, is like a real thing. This gets this dark because it is commenting on some things that are real. Like there's a lot uh, about kind of aging and relationships that's real, but it's also the consequences of this joyful participation in, we have these people that could literally destroy the world. Uh, you know, Magneto's walking around, picking up stadiums and tossing them and shit. Exactly. You know, yeah. like that, that stuff has consequences. We all willingly take part in that for fun it's good to have a perspective that's like, wait a minute, that would that would be this though. You that's know? something that gets explored a little bit in um, in Legion as well. Um, mm. they're, they're, like at one point in Legion, um, it, and it's ostensibly one of the good guys turns to another character and refers to Legion and says, you know, that that dude's a bomb. <laughs> like we can't trust anything that he says or does. He's a fucking bomb. Which is like specifically Xavier, but to a lesser extent Wolverine. I mean, these guys are like. You know, we've talked about it before. Weapons of mass destruction. Like Xavier is the most terrifying person on the earth. Like it's just mm-hmm. his his capabilities, his power set is just are so frightening that you could see an entire government being you know re- being like reacting to him and saying, "Oh no, shit, we've got to we've got to protect ourselves against this." And yeah, it's. I, I think we'd be remiss too, but before we get into the spoiler sections, to talk about how um that some of the supporting people are are gooder in this, like the main villain here isn't overdone at all to me. Like I think he's just almost perfect uh, tone wise. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the girl that they have playing X twenty three that everyone's seen in the trailers is just great. <laughs> like oh I, yeah yeah, she is like there's some there's some moments where she kind of does like some side eye stares um, at, at, you know, things that are happening on the screen that are just like, how did they get this little girl to do that? <laughs> like how did, yeah, how did her, they even have performance the performance is really good. Yeah. Um, the, um, and, and here's the, here's the thing too, because blowback is the word of the day for this episode. There is like a weird kind of feminist blowback against this movie um, because that character doesn't have lines, you know? So it's this idea that like, Oh, the, the small, like super badass girl who doesn't get to do, you know, doesn't get to talk, but, kills a lot of people is a uh you know is a aggressive thing i don't i don't like that take i don't agree with it um you know because she does have lines like you can portray a damaged character you know she does there, there's a reason she doesn't talk for a long time it's not just to like fulfill some kind of male fantasy of a kick-ass mute 
you know, girl mm-hmm. character. Um, so that's one thing. I think I think that's kind of undersells her performance because her a performance without words mutant. is yeah, exactly <laughs> manic nightmare, dream killer. Like um, I think she's you know she's really really good. I think the villain is also very very good. I think um, Stephen Merchant who plays uh, another character and is also very very good. And it's really like to me it, it it does her disservice to say that she doesn't have any lines when she is extraordinarily expressive with everything she does on screen. Like to the point where. Like, you know, again, talking about like those side eye glances to other characters while they're speaking and things like that. Like she got very much got across exactly what the character was thinking and saying throughout the movie. And that to me is even more interesting than having actual lines of exposition or lines of dialogue. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm very much in favor of this chick. I think she did an amazing job. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. Check this out. I, I don't want to make you too jealous, but, um, you know, I watched the, the Red Band trailer for this, but okay. didn't do any kind of like research and maybe this is a critical failure uh thing on my part i didn't realize who that character was playing i thought this was um taking a page from the the hope storyline mm-hmm. from uh from x-men where cable kind of shepherds a young future dream gray yeah through things so i had when the reveal comes out that that character is this this badass i did not did not know it was hap- going to happen oh wow uh, i didn't know really i didn't fun. know who she was it was awesome <laughs> like uh, and again failure of critical thinking on my part but i mean i assumed you know something bad was going to happen because the the music was spooky yeah. but i thought she was going to be like young Jean gray or something like that i thought she was going to be something new and then seeing it kind of kinetically you know seeing her actually participate in this stuff um just really really worked did, did um i want to get to the spoiler section here in a, in a minute uh but before we do that did you ever read um or have ever talked to you about ruins before ruins i don't think so i don't think we've talked about it and i don't think i've read it so you know uh you know you know marvels do you know yes. that uh, that comic like mm-hmm. Kur- um you know it's about uh, ben eric and he's seeing the birth of superheroes and it's kind of about the the beauty of this thing um warren and just ellis, a gor- gorgeous book too yeah yeah alex mm-hmm. ross painted and it's yeah. like very very nice um warren ellis did a uh counter example to that in the late 90s that is a very bad f- comic how the fuck have uh, i missed this this seems like it would be something that i would be into <laughs> it's it's pretty bad you should read it uh but it, i don't think it's good um it's called ruins um and the idea is uh it is the opposite of that it's all of the the actual consequences to this stuff um what they would be like in real life you know it, it's somebody chronicling like kind of the end of the marvel universe because these powers and stuff are not sustainable so oh you end God. up with things a like pre-internment uh, camp <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's, well i mean some of the stuff like that like it's like yes you know the the idea that the united states is just going to be okay with the kree is bonkers and like of course we wouldn't we're we're monsters you know so there would be kree internment camps but it's so it's it's warren ellis that is i think too cynical you know the more cynical than i want him to be i think there's a thing about captain america being like a weird nazi pervert or something it's, um, it's him just kind of taking everything and turning it upside down uh, um, the, the main character meets government agent Nick Fury, who attacks and almost shoots him, insisting that he proved he was clean and claiming that Captain America introduced him to cannibalism. Yes. Immediately yeah, followed so by, uh, they are interrupted by Jean Grey, here a prostitute. So yeah, Warren, Warren yes. Ellis, are you okay? Is everything yeah, all right, he, buddy? <laughs> he's definitely not. Uh, the, uh, it, well, he Warren Ellis' whole thing has been and has always been like he kind of hates superheroes. Oh yeah, like him and yeah. him and Garth Ennis, like they kind of have a lot of disdain for the the idea of that stuff. So, but there are cool ideas in Ruins. You know, like there there's still like little bits of it that I think are kind of cool. You know, um, and this reminds me, this is the closest thing I think we'd get to like an idealized version of like a ruins movie. Mm-hmm. You know, if you took ruins and you, you stripped it of some of that, like everything good is actually bad. 
Um, and just be like, actually, some things that seem good are actually complex and, and have bad sides to them uh, is what you would get with this movie. Um, so I don't, I don't know how many people out there listening know that comic. They're going to know that comparison. But it, it was the first thing that this reminded me of kind of coming out of it. I was like, oh, it's like I just watched a Ruins movie. Yeah, that's, um, I, can, I can definitely see this. I think I may, I may have actually read this at one time. I just don't remember it because I, I went through a phase where. I'm sorry, internet. I, I was illegally downloading comic books by the hundreds and just like reading them on my computer all day. So like, I, I, this feels like something I would have read through because I was I was very into Warren Ellis. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, this is this is yeah this this feels like that. In fact, um, without getting into a spoiler, like there's a there's something about Wolverine in the book that is actually almost taking verbatim into the movie. So, yeah. <clears throat> have you um have you read the comic Old Man Logan? I have. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad this is not a more direct adaptation. Me too. Cause I was not looking forward to that. Cause when the trailers hit, the trailers were very obvious. Like Wolverine is an old man. Like that was very, yeah, yes. very what they were going for. And, uh, I was not a huge fan of old man Logan. So I, you mm-hmm. know, and I, to me, like Wolverine is good. I, and I talk, I've talked about this a lot, like Wolverine without his powers and the, the second Wolverine movie isn't very interesting to me. And, um, mm-hmm. like old man Logan, like, you know, dealing with the consequences of his life, like that didn't work for me in that book, but man, here, old man Logan, or I guess like, you know, middle age Logan because of his healing factor. Like that's what he looks like, even though just, he's just man Logan. Yeah. Just man Logan. Right. That's yeah, what it feels man like. Logan. <laughs> I, it's, it's so fitting that they close this out with a, uh, or that they advertised all this stuff with the uh, Johnny cash songs, like, cause it really feels like every Johnny cash, like you know what I'm saying? Like Johnny Cash kind of inspires, like, or it makes you think about like a, a or just a dude, like the man in black, like the gunslinger walking into town, like, you know, with spurs and dust around him and everything's dead. And like, there's a, you know, there's a bar where like, you know, the piano barely works, things like that. Like this is, it feels like that. It feels like desolate. So. Mm. Yeah. The, um, yeah, it is. Uh, uh, I actually kind of like that comic, but just because of the weird, you know, future ism to it. Like I like taking some of those ideas like, Oh, if the incredible Hulk had kids and there is this power imbalance, like why would super strong and vulnerable people be good people in like a dog eat dog world? You know, like of course they would be monsters, you know, things like that. Like I kind of got into, but uh, other than that, like it does get pretty, you know, pretty shitty. And I'm really glad that this is not that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty winky, pretty winky and and wanky. Um, I'm really uh, glad this doesn't do that. Dark Souls score. Uh, it's, it's you know it's kind of winky winky. <laughs> um, what I was joking with uh, just because I, I don't know where this is ever going to be. The um, one of uh, me and my friend Will were joking about the Dark Souls three DLC mm-hmm. um, and how like you know how it uh, it has so you know it has to try to close all the doors and we were talking about how it's you know it's not going to actually wrap everything up and we were talking about you you fight the gigantic demon at the end there's and he's in front of this big tower of skulls and, and bones and stuff and then you walk around the other end of it and the riddler's sitting there <laughs> and the the riddler just like tense his fingers and then credits come up with dark souls music <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh. <laughs> and it's definitely jim carrey as the riddler too right oh yeah 100 okay good, good, good. making sure yeah. Um, you ready to jump into some spoilers so we can we can talk about yeah. some of the stuff that actually happens? Yes, let's um, uh, let's do that. So if if you know we have a recommendation, if you haven't watched the movie yet, uh, and if you think you're going to go watch it, mm-hmm. and then come back and listen to the second half of the show. Unqualified recommendation to go see it. Yes. Yeah.
normally when we do these movie episodes, like we go through them chronologically from beginning to end. Um, I, I'm not sure how well that's going to serve us here since it's so brand new. Uh, but so I, I just kind of want to talk about like some general stuff because holy shit, Gary, this movie just fucking blew my mind. Like every from 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 the get go, where you get Logan like just violently killing these like group of thugs who are trying to steal his rims, like and as he's like stumbling out drunk mm-hmm. half dead like his claws not coming out all of the way like how good is that like that's just crazy the, the claw scene where he's, he pulls it out is really good oh man um, so like the the violence in this movie um one of the things i like about it um other than just kind of there is a visceral thrill to watching violent fight scenes like that's just kind of how it is um for me uh is that it, it's a characterization thing where it's like wolverine would hold back on these guys ordinarily right like wolverine in the the mid-2000s would not cut the head off someone stealing his car yeah uh you know in in no way but it's a really that opening scene is a really good way to show how far the character has fallen Mm -hmm. uh you know here like kind of not just physically because he's can't just take these guys out instantly but like men you know mentally emotionally like he is he is a wreck um and that that kind of you know plays for everybody so kind of like touching on you know the characters before we kind of talk about some individual plot bits like you know so wolverine is at that point he's you know trying to trying to get money that's the most important thing for him and when we get the motivation for it the reason why he is so focused on this um one you know he has this time limit like he's dying two he's doing it before something terrible happens with charles um it makes it much more understandable and and uh, kind of sympathetic yeah and his his goal in this it seems to be to buy this boat and to go out to the middle of the ocean and just die with charles yeah yeah, he's going to kill himself, and and Charles is going to live free, and like that's going to be it, you know. And um, there's the um the the weird like Chekhov's adamantium bullet or whatever, but like he's carried yeah. around this adamantium bullet that he's going to use to you know shoot himself because like that's the only thing that could kill him. And like, man, I would love to see you know Magneto just realizing, oh yeah, I can just make adamantium bullets. That's no problem. <laughs> like we can yeah, figure out this Wolverine shit well, real that's quick. The thing too. It's like nobody figured this out. Like, there's literally guys shooting him for the entire movie. Did they not? <laughs> You know, it's a, that that part, the bullet thing, I think is kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, like the, the two things I think are, I don't like in the movie. Like there's literally two plot points. It's that. And I feel the the point that the guy who's doing the kind of kind genocide of mutants, mm-hmm. which I like that that's happening. Uh, the fact that it was related to corn syrup feels like a plot line from like eight years ago. It really does. Like, the, yeah. the ship has passed on like corn syrup fears, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of like gentle genocide thing. Like if you, if you, actually take a take a shower and put on a bunch of like filth repellent spray on yourself and are willing to read an interview with richard spencer uh that's what he's saying he wants to do it's like he doesn't want to like round up all black people in camps he wants to slowly like breed them into extinction peacefully jesus you know and have them leave like he he, i mean he's you punch the shit out of him he's a real piece of shit but like he he he's justifying things to himself the same way the villain of this movie is Except the villain of this movie is successful. Yeah, like, like so. It. So this they they clearly mark this as twenty twenty nine in the in the in the timeline. So we're you know mm-hmm. well, and and I like the fact that they don't get real dumb with the futurism stuff. Like there's a couple. Yeah, of, there's just a couple things. Yeah, which is really nice. Drugs. Like there's still radios, right? Like that's yeah. still that still stuff is still working, and everything that Wolverine is doing is obviously very off the grid. So you're not going to have like high tech cell phones or anything. Like you don't really see any of that stuff here, which is really nice. Um, but it's like the main villain has put all of these like anti-mutant stuff into these corn syrup that everybody is eating and drinking or whatever. And, uh, yeah, like basically bred all the mutants out. So for all they know, uh, it's just, 
um, Wolverine and Xavier left. Um, Xavier is basically demented. Like he has dementia or something. He has has Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, Like this this is a very, very sweet portrayal of like a father son relationship where the father has Alzheimer's. Like it, it, I mean, I feel like that that's, that's kind of where the strength of that performance comes from is Mm -hmm. it's like, it's very heartbreaking uh, to see this character who's very powerful and confident who like, you know, the first X-Men movie came out in like the early 2000s. Like you could almost say I grew up with, Yes, you know, and other people did like other people like grew up with this character to see him in this kind of wrecked state again and have it be something that's very real. Like this happens to people all the time. Like my uh, grand, my paternal grandfather, who I don't, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, didn't see very often. But when I saw him when I was very young, like he had Alzheimer's and there is that kind of surreal sense to that of somebody who is losing their mind. Um, and to have that be Charles Xavier, who has the most powerful mind on the planet, and then to have that be the consequences, because the the timeline, one of my favorite things about this movie is the way that there aren't characters who stop and be like, it was all fine up until the year 2020. Exactly. That's when, you know. It's, they just mention it casually that it's 2029. Like, it doesn't even show up on a screen anywhere. I think they well, just, like, that, a radio announcer says it or well, something. Not even, I don't even just the year. I mean the backstory. Mm-hmm. So, like, the way we got to this point, nobody tells us. You have to kind of put it together. So like this corn syrup thing, you know, the government would not allow that ordinarily, but there was like an incident, you know, like a thing happened and we find out through it. And like one of the you know, really effective, you know, bit of storytelling, like that thing was Charles Xavier getting Alzheimer's and killing 600 people or like injuring 600 people. Yeah. You know, and killing, and like killing the, the Westminster yeah. incident is what they yeah, the Westminster, to as, Yeah. So which, like, that's yeah. why there's no X-Men and like Charles Xavier did it. And it's not because, you know, he got taken over by a supervillain. It's not because of Magneto, like mind controlling him. It's because of Alzheimer's. Yeah. It's just like decay. He, it's the decay that everybody experiences, which is even more terrifying when you're, you know, or have the mind that Xavier does. And it, um, it's such a, like a whiplash from that feeling of like, Oh, it'd be super fun to have powers. You know, it, it's such a, like it, it makes a weird companion piece to uh to civil war in a weird way, because like, this is such a good argument for mutant registration, uh, you know, or days of the future cast. Like this mm-hmm. makes like, I, we can't, the bad guys are being shitty. You should never like breathe, you know, eugenic somebody out of existence or, but you can't just have Xavier out there without supervision. Like he just kills people and it happens in the movie. That's never solved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, they never, they never fix Xavier in this. And yeah. You know, it, and he, he, fucks, <laughs> like, I mean, that's, you know, he, he, kills some more people <laughs> like it's you know <laughs> he, he is a problem in this uh and and you get the you have that awesome tension where wolverine can't you know uh like he cares about him too much you know like that that so you know that little like nugget of him that's good like he cares too much about this father figure to you know to end it or to do the greater good so in his mind he has to do this compromise that involves raising this money and actually making this thing happen to, to save his dad and as we find yeah. out from from the villain, um, from one of our like not not the big scientist villain, but a guy that's going to be on the hunt for X twenty three, like Xavier is presumed dead. Wolverine is hiding him, but he's a very well known figure. Like as soon as the, you know, as soon as this guy runs into Wolverine, he says like, "Oh man, I would love to meet Xavier. Like I would love to meet that guy." Yeah. Um, well, that's I mean, like man, I, we can't talk about the spoiler section without getting into the weird meta thing about it, which I also like really really love. Yeah. Um, you know, is that like this world, like I love that. So the, the conceit of this is that there are in the world of the movie, they started making comic books about, about the, the X-Men. X-Men. Yeah. Which is 
it's something that I, when I saw it in the trailer, I didn't think that I would like um, because mm-hmm. you know in the trailer it's just that scene where he turns to X twenty three, turns to Laura, and says like you know it didn't happen like this or whatever. Um, but for whatever reason in the whole movie, it works for me. Like this, this is, it shouldn't, like, it seems kind of goofy and dumb. Like if you're going to write historical stories or if you're going to write these made up stories about the superhero team, like a comic book seems a real weird medium to do that. But also like, like within the existence of the X-Men universe, like inside of it, but it, this, like having kids or having like this dude growing up here, like reading these stories in comic books, it made me feel like what I did with these characters, right? Mm-hmm. Like it brought me into the story in a weird way that I, it should have, it has no business working, but it really, really works. For me. I think, I mean, I think it does that. Um, and this is something I'm sympathetic to anyway. Like this is the kind of thing that I like. And one of the things that reasons why I think it works in this movie is it implies a, um, a period of acceptance. So like the X-Men are um, fighting for mutant acceptance. The fact that some, they made comic books about their adventures and kids are like fans of them means they got it mm-hmm. right. Like after X-Men three, sometime between X-Men three and this, the X-Men were superheroes and the world loved them. You know, they, they became pulp figures. There's an a Wolverine action figure that shows up, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it wasn't accurate. The comics weren't accurate, but what that means is that like they were, you know, they were accepted. And, uh, and then to have this Westminster incident happen, you know, is just makes it just like, again, just kind of increases the the other side of that scale to make that even more kind of tragic. It must've been what um, it felt like to realize that, uh, Millie Vanilli was just, you know, not singing their songs, right? Exactly yeah. the same thing as <laughs> the X-Men yeah. turned out to be dangerous criminals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, or just, you know, they just have the, this, this kind of thing happened so it's I, I love that those comics are not real like they made up ones for the movie um the mm-hmm. guy who made them tweeted uh the interior pages uh, oh, or cool. some I interior pages yeah. from it it's pretty cool like um i i like it a lot and one of them has a little bit of foreshadowing about professor xavier acting weird mm-hmm. um it's really subtle like you know it's it's not like i keep getting these headaches you know it, it's it's much more you know it's like hey you have to act normal for once um it's like oh it's because he's getting dementia uh, and you, I mean, it's just, it implies this like really, really wonderful X-Men story. Like, cause Xavier would hide that, you know, he wouldn't 100%, tell people, he, yeah. you know, he's kind of a shit bag and that is his defining feature. Um, that just worked for me so fucking hard, uh, as an idea. Like I cannot get over how much I like that as just, uh, this is what happened when you have the most powerful mind on the planet and, uh, it, you, you, you lose it. And the way you know? this is expressed in the movie is fucking terrifying. So, like, Xavier will have these seizures, which seem to, um, like, just basically debilitate anybody around them. And then the way that it's filmed is kind of like this vibrating effect throughout the mm-hmm. screen. Um, Logan can resist it a little bit because he's, like, has, he's Logan. Um, and it's got this weird music that creeps up and up and up and up and up and up and up. And by the time he finally gets like Logan gets to Xavier and gives him his medication to knock him out and it releases, it's like, I remember like slumping down in my seat after one of these, like, yeah. oh, Jesus Christ. It's really tense. Well, especially the <laughs> like breathing so heavily. They do the, the first one to show what it hap- happens. And I think that you're meant to think like, uh, Oh, like, you know, they got it controlled with pills. Like this isn't going to happen again. Um, but like old people who need to take medication, Xavier doesn't take his medication. It happens again. And it's much longer than the first one. Um, early on, like Caliban's like, I can't breathe when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I almost died this one. You know, that was less than a minute. And then later the one that happens in, in the casino um, is like three minutes. 
like people definitely died from that. Oh yeah. Like the bad guys have a point. Xavier should not be suffered to live uh, in this, in this world, or at least needs to be under government control and care, uh, which again, government control and care of mutants is something that the X-Men spent their entire careers fighting against. Yep. Like the government trying to register and make this safe. They spent like, there's just, it's a really rich moral problem. You know, you, you almost feel like, uh, Xavier is continuing his shit bag by not taking his own life. And like, I don't, I don't promote suicide by any means, but you know, realizing that this is coming on and not doing something about it, not, not trying to prevent his powers from lashing out about this makes him just as culpable as like, it makes him as culpable as Magneto and not, and not, and he makes, it makes him a supervillain. Like he knew that this was happening. Like his, his body count is likely higher than Magneto's almost certain at this point, you know, and that's just such a, like a tragic thing, you know, and, and seven of the people he killed were his, his closest, his like pupils. And like the other thing that defines him other than his mind is the fact that he's a teacher. Mm-hmm. you know and like that's it it's just like that just works for me so well yeah and no telling how many like a, young mutants were in were in the school at the oh, time totally. of this happened right like i mean there's probably like 10 and 12 year olds all scattered throughout here yeah so. who cannot hold their breath for a very long time like if mm-hmm. seven x-men died from this those a lot of those kids weren't going to make it absolutely um so like that that just works really well for me and just having uh so that's like to me the skill of the skeleton that the uh the movie rests on so some of the details like the corn syrup thing some of the other things that are a little bit goofier um, are fine because I have this moral conundrum to work with, yeah. you know, and to work around. So like X 24 is a little weird, right? Like I yeah. thought that was kind of a strange, strange thing. Um, so X 24, like about the what middle, middle three quarters of the movie, um, they introduced basically young Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who is in like his prime and his prime Wolverine. Like they have cloned and that's where X 23 has come from. Like they have yes. like, there's a facility, there's a government run facility that has taken mutant tissue and trying to, you know, create these soldiers of war or whatever, basically creating mutants, real Mr. Sinister type shit, even though Mr. Sinister mm. thankfully never shows up in any of this, or excuse me, Mr. I think, he was, ori- you know, I think he was originally meant to, and that's what the reveal at the end of uh, apocalypse mm-hmm. was supposed to be. Um, but then they changed that and that's going to be for another thing. Good, uh, because no. I don't. This movie does not need any interference from like any no, no, kind of crazy. You could not have Mister Sinister, and that's yeah. Yeah, it would be fucking really ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's so throughout towards the middle of the movie, uh, like X twenty three being this tiny girl version of Wolverine with the two claws and claws from her feet. Um. And then they just put young Wolverine in the mix <laughs> to go run around and kill people, which like it's. It was a good shocking moment because I almost for a minute didn't recognize him because I've gotten so used to old Hugh Jackman at this point. Like in the the movie has been showing me like old wrinkled rundown Hugh Jackman that to see like this young virile specimen of a man was like holy shit who is this guy like what the yeah. fuck um, yeah but it is kind of a goofy premise but I was I was kind of okay with it because that's, of course they would have a second Wolverine like of course well, and it's also it's it's the two you know it, it's it's doing thematic work. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. like, this is the, the strong, but not thoughtful Wolverine. And now Wolverine has got with age has become wiser yep. and weaker. Like we all do, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's just, it, well, I think the thing that it, that I didn't like for, I mean, the action stuff in this is actually like marvelously choreographed absolutely, and, and you know, it, it's, it's probably the best like action choreography that's been done in a Fox, like X-Men movie by far. Um, there's nothing like goofy seeming about these fights um it just i think it you know if if we have three principals who fight with claws um and have kind of similar fighting styles like there's a little it's not as dynamic mm-hmm. you know as maybe it could be if this was something different um but the fight scenes with with x24 are all pretty good 
Um, I'm just glad they had the restraint to do that and not to do like some weird, like super mutant thing. So it's like, you know, it's huge. I mean like Deadpool in the first one. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Um, exactly. Like, you know, you have Hugh Jackman, you know, with Wolverine claws shooting Cyclops memes and bringing weather in. You know what I'm saying? Like, to do that thing. Mimic. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, that's not. I, there, there's ways that they could have gone with that. Well, I'm glad they didn't. And you know, just having Hugh Jackman there was actually like some form of restraint. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with. Yeah, that. yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually fine with it either. I'm not complaining too hard. And I like that. That is really the only serious antagonist. Even the, uh, the Reavers who are ostensibly the like X-Men villain for the movie don't pose very much of a threat. No, even the main guy is not that big a deal. You know, he's just kind of a charismatic like henchman. And he's, um, and he's, yeah, he's super charismatic. Like he's, he's kind of a fun villain to have on the screen. Like he's, he's great. He's literally just a guy that's, you know, doing his job. He's doing what he's paid to do to find this, uh, X 23, um, Laura, who's this child that has escaped from their facility. Um, the, the, there's a, there's a bit of a exposition dump in the, like in the first quarter of this where um with the, the, with the nurse cell phone video. video yeah <laughs> like this this perfectly filmed and narrated cell phone video like she spent a lot of time in iMovie doing that right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying she like she's trying to kill in the hotel like, not, not, why not spend it there right uh but yeah the, the the that stuff is all very good i just like that that like shock documentary style of a of a reveal i thought was kind of goofy like i could have just done with that nurse telling the story but they they you know they wanted to make it visual so and it was good like yeah. it, it was all fun it just seemed a little bit okay yeah 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 it's um such a like and that's such a a cliche it's a weird thing when i talk about the skeleton of the movie being really strong because the idea of them breeding mutant kids as like super soldiers is a pretty cliche kind of stock plot mm-hmm. thing you know, in the comics and just kind of in general, right? Like the facility full of like kids that have powers is such a cliche. Um, if it wasn't rooted around this version of Logan that like I really believed had no interest in doing this, you know, like the hero turn that he takes takes a long time and is very organic. Uh, him kind of coming around to being uh, willing to to step in and do this. Well, and thankfully, um, we don't spend a lot of time um, planning to infiltrate the facility, infiltrating the facility, oh, yeah. freeing the children. Like, none of that stuff exists. So you don't have to, like, it can just be scary and that it happened. Like, we don't have to go see all of this. They don't rub our faces in it a lot, which is really, really nice. Yeah. Um, it's because it it the odds be, are stacked against them. Like, they wouldn't yeah. make it if they tried. They don't have the power. The X-Men aren't really a thing. Mm-hmm. They can't infiltrate a, a facility. You know, while we're talking about X twenty three, can I? And we talked about this before the spoiler break, but this chick is fucking delightful to watch, and her yeah. action scenes, man, like just having this little version of Wolverine, and I don't know how they made her seem so ferocious and angry at the, during her fight scenes because I mean she's frightening, like, and she is just. And again, we, we we mentioned it kind of in passing, but she does. She has two claws in her hands, but she has a third claw coming out of her feet, and she uses all of them all the time. It's it is yeah. gross and vicious. Yeah, yeah. It's um the the fight choreography between you know I said there was kind of three people with claws, but the fighting styles are actually very different because you know we have her who's much more acrobatic and kind of nimble and everything. We have X twenty four who is just kind of like straight like a rage monster, you know, and can endure. Uh, just about everything. And then the way that uh, Jackman like carries himself as a Wolverine um, is just phenomenal. Like, I mean, it's like an old, like kind of punch drunk boxer, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's barely hanging on. Like he still has, there's like shadows of kind of his strength, but um, the way the, the premise of the movie, he's dying of, of this adamantium poisoning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his healing factor is, is naturally going away probably because of either corn syrup or age. And uh, because of that, the adamantium slowly killing him. 
it's making him take forever to heal. Um, and so there's a little shadow of him being, being the, the really, really fierce fighter he used to be. Um, but for the most part, he's much slower and much more, you know, kind of deliberate, uh, to it. And I really like the way that articulates these three different kind of stages of, of this fight style. And he, you know, he does a really good job of, or the choreographer is more probably more accurately does a really good job of working with that dude so that his fight style seems more considered because he has been doing this for so long. Like he doesn't have to just go full berserk like X-24 and just start slashing claws everywhere. He's seen enough of these fights to know exactly what to do, which is an impressive thing to have pulled off within, you know, like in in this like action superhero movie, (laughs) like it's a good piece of little, it's a good little piece of storytelling in there. Um, we didn't talk about Caliban very much. Do you want to get into Caliban a little bit? Yeah, yeah, we I, can, uh, yeah he's really good. It's Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. And yeah. um, it does this, he's an albano mutant. Um, what is technically his superpower? Because I don't – it's just to find mutants, right? Like he just gets kidnapped and find, he can just detect mutants around. Yeah, it's uh, – he, he detects that's, – that's Caliban's thing. He yeah. knows when there are mutants around. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and that's, he's, he's one of the uh, – he was a horseman of the apocalypse for a while. He was an yeah. X-Men for a very short time. He's one of the Morlocks. Um, I really assumed that because it was Steven Merchant, that this would be much more of a comedy relief character. And, um, there's some, Mm -hmm. there's some back and forth at the very beginning, but otherwise this dude has it, gets it pretty rough in this movie. (laughs) He gets kidnapped pretty early. He gets tortured to find, um, Xavier and Logan, and he ends up killing himself in an effort to kill the villain when he gets an opportunity to like, that's, that's a fucking dark arc for what I've really Forget it's a Stephen fucking merchant. Like I really thought it was going to be a yeah. <laughs> thought it was going to be a thing, right? Like like a much a much lighter lighter uh, character than you would expect. Exactly. Um, yeah, and uh, you know he's it's it's a really really good performance. He's kind of there as a plot thing. Like he kind of needed to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, they couldn't have a non like a non tracker character. Yeah, they uh, need somebody to. And somebody to like so, be so running the, to be watching Xavier while Wolverine is gone, which is what Wolverine has hired him to do. And um, there's a really great line of he's like, you know, Calaman's like, I know you're trying to save up for that for that boat. Like, what, what am I gonna do? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you gonna you're just gonna leave me here? Like, I don't, I'm an albano man. Like, I can't, I'm not gonna go out into the to the sea. <laughs> like, this is impossible. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, he's. I mean, anybody could have taken care of Xavier, you know. But the mm-hmm. fact that it was he was a tracker, like the fact that it was Caliban was so the bad guys could kidnap him. Yeah. And use them to track Wolverine, you know, and, and track X-23. Um, what, um, you know, just kind of like in, in kind of wrapping up and stuff, what, uh, what kind of, what are some other kind of standout scenes? Like what other, uh, you know, kind of, uh, and, and specifically, you know, what kind of standout scenes? And then second part of the question, like, what do you think of the end? Like, how do you feel about the ending of the movie? Well, before we get into that, I do want to say like the one negative I have about this is um, just because you have a rated R movie doesn't mean you have to say fuck every other word. And I'm, I'm very bad about cussing in, in life and on podcast. I, I realized that, but there was something really off putting about Patrick Stewart saying like, fuck all the time. Like give that dude one, like fuck you or whatever. But cause he's, you know, he's old and he's, you know, he has dementia or has Alzheimer's like, he's going to say those things, but man, it just, it's, it seemed like way too much to me. Did you get that vibe at all? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Like, uh, you know, even though there was part of me that had this weird meta thought, and I don't think this is actually true, but I was like, what if the X-Men movies leading up to this point are movies in that universe? And this is how the X-Men have always been like super sweary and cranky and stuff. 
and we've never actually seen them before. Oh, these are we've the only movies. seen the movies within that <laughs> within world. The, yeah, we've only seen the yeah, comic I, book X Men. You know, we haven't yes. seen the actual real life X Men. Yeah, I could do. I don't I, think that's the case. Cause, <laughs> no. but I, I was just like, what if that's the reason why these guys are swearing all the time, and like why Wolverine doesn't just cut off Charles Xavier's head? You know, when he starts killing people. Yeah. Uh, it was, and uh, but I I, uh, I don't think that's actually true. But I did have I did have that thought. Like, oh, like. This is this is this is what they're like unsanitized. Mm-hmm. You know, I th- I think it's just it's it's they're old. I think it's probably a little bit too much. There's probably like twenty percent more fucks than I wanted. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, it didn't it didn't bother me that much. But it I would, is, I would, uh, I would probably raise it because it, it, I don't know why. Because it, it, again, like I cuss all the time. Like it's not the language that bothers me. It was just you know how like when um when you little kids just say the word fuck over and over again because it, they think it's bad and they can get away from it. Like that seems like this. Um, mm. And it, it seems like the X-Men has a weird history in movies with the word fuck. Like when they did the, the one fucking PG 13 and um, I think it was first class that Wolverine got to say or whatever. Like some of that stuff seems, I don't know. It just seemed excessive to me. So I, I wanted to bring it up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad, I'm glad it didn't bother you as much as it bothered me. Apparently it's uh, uh, I'm, I'm playing a dying light with my friend, Derek, and that character says fuck way too often. And okay. it's really distracting. I yeah. think, that this is just you know uh you know maybe i was just distracted because there was other stuff that i liked mm-hmm. you know, so so possible. standout scenes um man like the the moment the reveal moment and this must have been so much more powerful for you not realizing what was going on but the reveal moment where uh x23 walks out of the little bunker place that xavier was stashed excuse me logan was stashing xavier and drops the backpack and the main villain who i wish whose name i cannot remember but the leader of the reavers um is mm-hmm. like hold on calm down chill out and like everybody else is like bristling up around him and she's just like her claws come out and he's like no 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 no, stop everybody stop chill out and then everything just goes fucking insane is so good and wolverine's reaction to seeing this little girl like rip and shop with claws is like what the fuck yeah <laughs> what did i get myself yeah. into that's that's one of my favorite scenes in that movie yeah it's 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 real fun to watch um because again i was i was totally surprised you know uh in the um he's kind of and it doesn't fix him either like he doesn't like he decides to go back for her but he, that is not the hero moment no you know, not that's not all. the turn that's like self-preservation mm-hmm. uh, at that point which i i really really like yeah that, that the whole um, scene of them escaping is is really fun with you know um Xavier in the back of the uh, in, of the limo just shouting stuff at Logan that's not really pertinent. Like Logan is literally like driving and killing everybody, and, and Xavier's in the back like you got to go back for the girl, Logan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's yeah. just really good. I told you, Logan, I was right. <laughs> Logan's like I'm not. There's like a different time to have this conversation, Xavier. Please. What about you? What, what stuck out for you? Um, you know, I really, I really like that scene. I like the 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 scene with the family. Um, cause I like when Wolverine, the, the kind of, uh, I think he calls them Oki fucks or whatever. The, uh, <laughs> the guys who are bullying him about the water where Wolverine gets to be like the unquestioned badass, Yeah, <laughs> you know, for once, um, you can kind of see him just kind of like dusting his hands off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like the way that articulated. And then when the Wolverine clone, even though they had talked about X 24 already and, and kind of hinted, uh, that, um, I was, was not expecting the part where Patrick Stewart is making his kind of confession and then the other Wolverine pops up and oh yeah yeah that's you know that was like a genuine surprise to me and then the delivery when Hugh Jackman is like it wasn't me yeah uh, when he goes up to you know to grab him you know as before uh, Patrick Stewart dies is really heartbreaking 
like that, you know, that wasn't me. Cause he, he'll never know if Patrick Stewart just felt ultimately betrayed the entire time. And then adding shade to that, the fact that it could possibly be justified that he did that mm-hmm. in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, uh, that, that scene I think is very powerful. Xavier's death scene um, in this was, is, is really amazing. I, I mean that, that the moment where he stabs him and because they kind of build it up like Wolverine is there because it looks like Wolverine until those claws come out and like he's to stab Xavier. Like that's just, man, I can't get over how good this movie is. I want to go watch it again this week. <laughs> I hope I have time mm-hmm. to. Yeah. I would um, like to see it again as well. The ending I think is really, really solid. Like uh, the moment that I saw the first trailer and I saw like old man Xavier running around, I, I looked at autumn and I was like, Xavier's going to die. Wolverine is probably going to die if they can figure out a way to do it. And they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's, I think it's perfect. I, there was a, um, there was an article floating around that was, I don't remember, I don't remember where it was from, but it was, uh, Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman watching this movie together. And at the end of it, they were like kind of crying and they were like, oh, we're so glad we went through this together. I'm glad like, this is it. This is definitely the, the end. And this definitely feels like the end of this movie franchise. I want more X-Men stuff. I don't mm-hmm. ever want to see Wolverine and Xavier again. Like, I don't ever want to see reincarnations of these, like do some time travel bullshit, pull X 23 into the nineties with these, you know, cause I think that would be a fucking blast to see her shredding people and Jean gray, like vomiting in the corner or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Cyclops is like, what is this person? But, yeah. uh, cause I want to see more X 23. I'd never want to see Xavier and, uh, Wolverine again. I'm done honestly i would be fine if there weren't more x-men movies like i want to see them because i like x but this is such a good ending for it mm-hmm. as a as a thing like whatever comes next is going to suffer by comparison um you know just i think 100 percent. and that kind of bums me out like i know they'll make more it doesn't mean they'll be bad but this does feel like a like a period like you know a period at the end of the sentence that i'm very satisfied with um the actual the the goodwill of this movie had built up for me meant that like at the very end, you know, when Wolverine dies and, and X-23 changes the cross to be a little X on his grave, like, I thought that was, emotional. like, very sweet and good. Like, emotional was just moment like, for me, man. I, I, I yeah, was like, whoa, like, whoa, that's that's good. Like, like there, I'm getting a like, little chills right people, now. People cried in the theater, like, you know, like, I, I heard people crying at, like, the points. And that's it's such a crazy thing to think of for this Bandex slice them up You know, the Claw Squad is at it again. Um, and it ends up, you know, actually actually having real kind of emotion. Um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things again, that they really get that goodwill built up a lot of things. Cause the actual ending, him making that sacrifice, you know, putting in all the, the mutant juice. Um, and you know, I, I knew he was going to do it. You mm-hmm. know, as soon as, you know, Richter said like, don't take too much. It's like, Oh, he's going to take too much at the end 100%. and, and fight the thing. Um, it just, it didn't matter that it was predictable at that point because it had been unpredictable up till that point. You know, um, it, it having a satisfying kind of predictable ending worked for me. Um, I think that they, uh, there will be, you know, there will obviously be more X-Men movie. I think Patrick Stewart said something like he would be willing to do a Xavier cameo in a Deadpool movie, which bums me out. Um, yeah, just because it's like, I don't like that. You know, I, I liked the first Deadpool movie just fine, but like, I don't need that. Um, if, did, did your showing, it was all showings that had the like Deadpool to tri- like teaser, right? Yeah, the one like right and, before the pro the pre credits yeah. scene, I think is what people yeah. are calling it. I kind of yeah. hated that. Like, I wish that wasn't appended to this movie because, like, it's like yeah. what a, think about the legacy of this movie. Like, people watching this, you know, on DVD and stuff, and having to deal with this like goof them up at the beginning. Like, it's such a shift change. It's a weird thing because I would have some fondness for Deadpool one, and I'm actually looking forward to eventually covering it on this show. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. but man, like seeing that it, it kind of put me off of it a little bit. I don't even, there's nothing different that they're doing. Like it's the same shit. Like they were, you know, it's exactly the same stuff, but 
I, I just I didn't like that at all. Didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was I, glad I there was no post credit scene. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I, I I waited for it. You know, we did too. Feel a little nervous, yeah. but. I don't hate hey, hey movie theaters. If there's no post credit scene, just go ahead and bring them. Yeah, lights raise up. the lights. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. This is really hey, easy. Usually do that. But. I know. We, we, but apparently we both got trolled. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope, I hope that um, at the end of this movie, you get X 23 running off with her uh, mutant friends that had also escaped from the, the grow house, the mutant grow house or whatever. And like, they're leaving into, uh, I think they're in North Dakota. I think they're going to Canada. Um, yeah. And like, I want more X 23 stuff. Like, I, I think there's some interesting stuff to be around that. I don't know that she could carry a whole movie by herself, but I want to see her show up. Like, I want to see more crazy, cool action scenes with that chick. See, I don't, I don't know if I do, man. I don't know if I want that. Like that would be the, that's Logan babies. Like I don't, I don't necessarily want Logan, the next generation of the, seeing those kids, because I think it's very powerful to just have those kids represent possibility, like undefined possibility. Like they made it to sanctuary and now there are mutants and that's the end of the story. Like it doesn't really matter what happens to them. We, they just exist, yeah. you know, from like a selfish, like, you know, I like seeing her in action stuff too, mm-hmm. you know, like the, they, it would be cool to see more action stuff, but the plot wise, I couldn't care less. Like, I think her plot is done. Um, and you know, action is not enough to make you want to watch a movie, you know, especially if it, if it's like, if it is doing, I mean, not like damage damage, but like if it, uh, interferes Actively. with what I think of, yeah, like kind of re- retrospectively, make cheapens a character that have like a complete story that I think is really good. Yeah. Which is the reason I don't want to see Logan and Xavier anymore. Like, I don't ever want to see like, you know, I don't, I don't, I just, like you said, like Xavier showing up in a Deadpool movie just seems like the worst fucking thing that you could do to that character at this point. Cause you gave him the send off that you wanted. Like Xavier is this humongously complex, mostly evil character. And you turned him into a supervillain and made his mind work against him and killed him. Like that's the perfect ending for that character. He never needs to be anywhere else. It's it's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I might, I might be out of things to say. That might be. Yeah, that's, I think that's that's good. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything I wanted to like any kind of other extras, but um, no, I don't. I don't think that there is. I think this is this was good enough, especially for kind of a surprise episode that we're recording. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Like Logan is obviously good enough that we wanted to talk about it a whole lot. So I'm glad we got the opportunity to do this. Um, if you like this show, you will probably like a lot of the shows on the Duckfeed Network. You can go to duckfeed.tv and check out all of those. Um, the newest show is still File Underwater, which is Gary and mm-hmm. Cole talking about REM. Um, and it's very, very good. You should go check that out. Um, yeah. What else can they do to support the show? Um, ratings and reviews are very useful and helpful. Um, tell people about it. Like We, we really like the show. We would like it to get bigger and better. Um, it's very nice. The reaction has been very positive, but more people hearing about this is always uh, welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, you can follow uh, me on Twitter. I'm G A R Y B U H Gary Ba on Twitter. Uh, Jamie, what are you on Twitter? J G Greer on Twitter. Uh, you can find me and all my other stuff that I do over there. Yeah. Um, do so. You do a bunch of other podcasts as well. I do. Uh, some of yeah. which are not on the Duckfeed network. So um, listen to those as well. Yeah. As long as it doesn't mean listening to them instead of something on the Duckfeed network. They're all my children, Gary. I can't pick a good one. It's, <laughs> but some of them are mine. It's like, it's like a half brother kind of thing where like uh what is it uh monster of the week is like my half brother exactly yeah but you yeah, you really want to talk son. about supernatural right like you want to guest on that podcast like you want to get into it would it. be like it'd, it'd be a hard-hitting series of interviews like jeremy what is supernatural <laughs> <laughs> like, i tell you what like, um around the time that we cover the x-men anime i think is when we're gonna have to cover the supernatural anime so we can do some crossover episodes what is a were fairy 
Um, because... Fortunately, we don't go that that deep. In, that's more true blood shit. But yeah, supernatural. Oh, that's, what, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I don't even know. I, um, yeah. Hunks anyway. is the word you're looking for. That's what oh, okay. supernatural what is. What's a werehunk? Yeah. Um, a hunk. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, thank yeah, you, everybody, for listening. And we will be back next week with our feedback coverage. Or not next week, in two weeks with our feedback for mm-hmm. season two. And then shortly after that, um, season covers for season three of the animated series would start. If you're curious and you want to watch the sh- watch along with the show, go to daysoffuturecast.com slash schedule and see which episodes we're covering on which week and when those episodes will come out. Yeah, uh, we'd appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, good night. Good night. Good night.